I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Welcome back to the French Rookie Podcast with me, Tim Groves, and ex-Scotland International and adopted Frenchman, Johnny Beatty. Loads to catch up on after a couple of weeks away over the festive period, and it's been busy in the top 14. Going to get a guest on to delve a bit deeper into one of your old clubs, Johnny, because Bayern are flying mm-hmm. at the moment. We'll get the lowdown on them from one of the key men. But how are you doing? Are you refreshed after a nice Christmas break, Johnny? <laughs> uh is it a break? A Christmas holiday is a break for anyone? I'm not really no. sure. Um, no. Uh, refreshed, getting back. Well rested now for 2023. Happy New Year, mate. Me you too. Christmas in Scotland was superb. Pantomimes, bit of cinema, some family time, babysitters readily available, um, a few hangovers and fun with friends. And you forget as well when you're back, that, like grandparents are scared of the kids being too cold. So you're back in Scotland, it's minus five outside. The heating's cranked up to a million degrees. You're sweating, you're eating too much. But mate, it was amazing fun. Um, great to catch up with everyone, but also really nice to come home to get back to France. The kids back to school. You forget how good is it when your kids go back to school and everyone looks forward to those holidays. But holy shit, absolute lifesaver. Um, them going back and now a bit of time. Dodiate is back. Been jumping into that as well. Yeah. Started up again. So was running on Monday, gymming Tuesday, football last night as well. Some old men in my village in France absolutely shafted this morning. My body's screaming, um, but trying to do my bit. You can too, Tim. I'm not sure if you've downloaded anything yet, but you can download the app as can you at home, donate 20 pounds, do a little bit of physical activity, engage in that. In January, look after yourselves and try and raise funds to find a cure for MND. So, mate, it's been good. Lovely to catch up with everyone, um, but also very nice to come back to normality. Um, the kids go back to school and have a bit, a bit of a breath. What about you? New arrival? You'll be sleeping through the night. You'll be fine, refreshed. Everything will be great. Jeez. More exhausted than when Christmas started, I can tell you that. <laughs> and Doddy Aid, you're right. I'm signed up. I reckon I've got... A mile and a half in the bank so far? Is that good or not, Johnny? It does, mate. We don't (laughs) care. I'm not logging my mile. It doesn't, like, the point is sign up, donate the £20. That is key. Do a little bit of physical activity. Look after yourself. Take care of your body in January through six-week period and raise awareness. That's it. We've raised more money than we had at this stage already last year, which is absolutely phenomenal. The goal is going to get bigger and better and higher and higher every year because that was the nature of Doddy Weir himself, the man himself. Um, but look, a little bit can go a long way. If you signed up last year, sign yourself back up. It's another £20 back in the pot to fundraise. And if you're new to it, sign up to any team. It doesn't matter which team, but just sign up, take part, look after yourself and donate something to a wonderful cause. You get a free tart and snood into the bargain as well. Doddyaid.com, download the app. What team are you a part of, Johnny? Barbarians, mate. So don't join that one. Are if me and you are a part of it, we we are not. Is, is there anyone better involved? We might be dragging them down a little bit with their standards because <laughs> they are uh, phenomenal. I think we finished second last year in the fundraise overall. And the fact that it is Scottish, this year is a Welsh, as a Welsh element as well. But, you know, it's Edinburgh, Glasgow, North and Midlands. But Babaz is worldwide. We are worldwide. You and I both globetrotters that we are, Tim. Um, so that's it. Anyone that listens to this pod further afield and you don't have a strong affiliation for Glasgow, Edinburgh, or the North and Midlands or the borders in Scotland, sign yourself up. You're a wild card. You're a barbarian now and try and help us raise some funds. Sir Chris Hoy is a captain on the Edinburgh team. And I imagine he clocks up a hell of a lot of miles on the bike. So barbarians need all the help they can get. Exactly. Hey, I'm not captain. I'm not competing with Chris Hoy, but we'll take all the help we can get. That's what we'll see. Absolutely. We'll come on to the action on the pitch shortly, but there's been some massive news in the top 14 this week. Sia Khaleesi is on his way to Racing next season. So what do you make of that, Johnny? Um, Huge. 
absolutely massive. You've got Wenceslas Laurie, who's probably going to retire at the end of this year. Bernard Larue has been unfortunately hit by head knocks as well uh, this season. So those two haven't featured as much as anyone would have liked. They've looked a little bit, I don't want to say passive, but less physical than they have in years past. Khaleesi will add spades of enthusiasm, work rate. He'll dominate some collisions and he brings a wealth of experience with him. Look, he's a World Cup winning leader. who will fit straight into the top 14. He's a massive profile signing as well for the top 14 for the league. I'm not sure really that's a big effect on Racing, but that's a huge name to bring into the competition. One of the biggest in world rugby, a great man as well. Um, and so I think everyone's looking forward to seeing him kick off after the World Cup in September. And we know he's a world-class player. It's a lot of money, obviously, because of the profile he mm. brings for a back rower. He has all that experience that you mentioned. Is it arguably his leadership that is the most important bit? Because Racing, I know they're a bit behind, maybe they were a couple of years ago, but yeah. they're clearly looking for that piece in the puzzle to get them over the line and, and win a trophy. Well, I think in pure player terms, he's probably not going to do that. Like a flanker isn't the most influential position on a field, but in terms of having an influential person in your dressing room around your club to rub off on other people, I think it's probably the blend of the different things that you just mentioned. He'll bring that tenacity that we see, the technical bite um, that he brings week in, week out. But he's going to be a leader to every single kid coming through that academy. We've had Yannick Nyanga in the past, the same way Jerome Kaino was for Toulouse. He's now their coach. But experience, ability, I'd say the least important is his profile because that won't really match them, but how he can affect the next generation of kids coming through that Racing Academy, rub off on them, good habits, you know, sort of follow me mentality as he does with the Springboks. But a huge, like a huge signing to have Sia come into the top 14 and come into Racing 92. And in terms of on the pitch, do you think he'll fit in well in the top 14? I mean, he'll fit in anywhere he goes, I'm sure. But in terms of the style of play? Yeah, it's strange because you think of Racing the past couple of seasons and it's razzle-dazzle, pace, you know, dry field. And I think in terms of pace, he's one of the fittest men in world rugby. He'll keep up with absolutely everything. He'll dominate collisions. He will keep churning. But I think the sort of the style of rugby that Racing play is about to change with Stuart Lancaster coming in, Finn Russell leaving as well. I think the brand, um, how they go about their business, they're obviously going to continue to try and entertain because they're battling as loads of different types of entertainment in Paris. So they have to do that as do... Stade Francais, but I think, as you said, no matter where he goes, the way he goes about his business, he'll fit in as a flanker. And again, in France, in the top 14 as a flanker as well, combative, aggressive, his work rate is off the charts. And all those things, as the way rugby is going, the ball and playtime improves in French rugby every single season, um, he'll be worth his weight in gold. You mentioned Stuart Lancaster there. Do you think this was a Stuart Lancaster signing? I'm sure he'll be delighted to have Sia Khaleesi, but would it have yeah. been his signing or would it be a Jackie Lorenzetti signing and then Stuart Lancaster has to sort of manage the Galacticos? I think it'll be collaborative and I don't think it'll be a Jackie Lorenzetti signing. I don't think that's the way it works. Uh, even at the minute, I think you've got Lauren Traver who's been there for the best part of a decade, uh, extremely experienced. Uh, Yannick Nyanga as well plays a part in the recruitment. I think it'll be collaborative um, and I think Stu will have obviously had the chance to say his piece with the types of signings they'll go for. But look, I think collaboratively, they will have stuck their heads together and figured out how they can get the best possible side together. Come June, we've seen Finn Russell leaving, now heading to Bath. Um, that would free up some money. Another 10 obviously be nice coming in. But key positions, back row, centre, they're going to have to strengthen because they're losing a few key players. But in terms of the process, I imagine it would be Nyanga, Laurent Travers and Stu, Stu Lancaster from afar as if he was putting together the parts of the jigsaw together. Um, I don't think it would be a Jackie Lorenzetti special where he just parachutes people in. We will chat about who had a good festive period and who didn't in the top 14 shortly and how things stand as we've just passed the halfway point of the season. But let's get straight into the highlights first. What was the meter moment of the week, Johnny? But it comes from a place that I don't think has ever come from before. Breathe, who have been struggling massively. Jeremy Davidson obviously removed from post. And Patrice Colazzo, obviously been out in the wilderness for a season after le leaving Toulon last year. First game in charge, comes in, fills them full of confidence, and they get a massive derby win away from home of all places at Lyon. <laughs> sort of derby game from coming in, um, but full of character, slightly better organised as well, passionate, brimming with belief for the first time in a very, very long time. And they pick up a big away win against Lyon. So massive for them. Well done to getting back on track and a colossal 
first win for the big fella Patrice Colazzo back in a job and hopefully things looking a little bit brighter for Brief there we go that was Johnny's meter moment of the week and meter is the world's number one wireless meat thermometer recently making over 20 million cooks better with their game-changing app and completely wireless bluetooth meat probe you can use it on a barbecue in the oven or in a pan and you can get your hands on one at meter.com plus you can get 10% off any full price item all you have to do is enter the code frenchpod10 at checkout that's frenchpod10 and you'll get 10% off any full price item at meter.com okay that was the best thing in french rugby this week johnny if you were looking for a worst i think it's fair to say it'd probably be Mathieu Acebes. Easy. What was he thinking? Oh, mate, I've got no idea. That is, I think that's potentially the culmination of the situation at Perpignan. Him being captain and not going well, being rooted to the bottom. And he's just had a massive rush of blood to the head. I mean, absolutely ludicrous. Jonathan Dante having a scuffle with another player, but being pinned down on his back. Mathieu Acebes runs through the, around the ruck to essentially give him a flying headbutt on the side of the back of the head when he can't defend himself. So, look, there's been all sorts of political fallout over here as well on Twitter and Asabez is, I don't know, forced or not being... He'd come out with an apology on Twitter excusing himself. I mean, a half looked like it had been written by a club, you know, type of thing you're asked to do. But, you know, in this day and age, a public apology goes a long way when you go to the the commission for your for your discipline up in Paris as well. But Jonathan Dante wasn't having any of it, was he? No, flat batted it completely. Like, you're not sorry at all. Sorry you've been caught. There's no excuse for your actions. This is absolutely ridiculous. So again, it's petty and you don't want the stuff playing out. It should be a phone call from Matthew to Jonathan and you sort it out yourselves. That's normally the way it works. But that's it. The way that's played out on Twitter, it just ends up in abuse for all parties, which is shocking. But in terms of the initial action, what happened, absolutely no excuse. Like ridiculous type of thing to do in a rugby field, to run in from 15, 20 yards and do a flying headbutt on one of your opposition. Um, utterly crazy. Yeah, that was one of the worst things we've seen on rugby pitch for a while. In terms of the form over the festive period, mm-hmm. it's fair to say Claremont probably had the worst time of it and a man has lost his job as well. Xavier Sadoni has left the club with immediate effect, sort of saying, I know he's been there for a long time, saying he felt his message has been less well received recently. So what's going on at Claremont, Johnny? Like he's, I'm not sure if he's fallen on the sword there, or if that's been a, like, we need to find a fall guy, um, and that will be you. John O'Gibbs and Jared Payne have come in with big reputations, but they're a club in transition. Like, we've talked about this previously. Para away, Lopez gone, Fofana, Rougerie, Jamie Cudmore, like, the big names that you had, the artillery you had in the 2010s, that past decade, is gone, and they're having to rebuild, like a lot of other clubs. Um, not a happy camp, shorn of confidence, and unfortunately, it's Xavier Sardoni who has been forced out of the club. But for Clermont, like loads of other teams, they're kind of learning. And this is where, again, our, our guest might be able to tell us a little bit more. Um, and from first-hand experience, Bayon, who built a club on academy infrastructure, giving young kids game time in Pro de Deux. If you hadn't done that in the past two, three seasons, and you're then forced to throw everyone in the deep end, and you don't have the depth. You struggle. And that's where Clermont are right now. They were forced to release a statement this this week, essentially apologising to their fans for the state of the club. And look, it just doesn't look like an easy squad to be part of at the minute. John O'Gibbs and Jared Payne now have got a massive job to do because they do have seriously talented players. But for whatever reason, they're just not gelling at the minute with the, with the different areas of the game and they're losing. And, you know, there's the difference between losing and losing at home, which is the first time they've lost in a long time. But the manner of it as well, like completely outplayed. To lose with players playing in different positions, they look settled, they look comfortable in systems that work for them. They still dominated collisions and gain line and it almost looked easy. So yeah, very difficult for Claremont and a big job to get them uh, if they're going to climb back into the right end of the table. Yeah, first time they lost at home to Toulouse in the league for 20 years, 2002, I think the last time was. You mentioned players in different positions. Antoine Dupont, Starting at fly half, I guess it doesn't matter to him really, does it? Starting where you want. No, and it's not the first time, um, but the boy's got enough character, enough skill set, enough technical ability. I mean, there's a couple of things that looked a little bit off, but across the piece, you wouldn't really recognise that he wasn't the regular starting 10. Um, his timing's good. He still comes onto the ball properly as a 10, gets his side moving forward. His communication is excellent. His kicking game, for the most part, at 10 as well, um, was superb. So he just picks up where he left off at 9 or at 10. He is a freak show, but we know that. Um, no, he was absolutely excellent. And to add to Clermont's woes, announced over the festive period, Damien Penne off to Bordeaux. 
Yeah, I'm still struggling to get my head around that. In that I thought he might leave, or there'd been murmurings for a long time, and it's a real bitter one for them to struggle because they've lost so much of their talent, A, because of age and different clubs and moving on for different experiences, like your Paras and your Lopez's for something at the end of their career. But Damian Penno is the one guy that has shone bright for them over the past four or five seasons consistently. And if they were going to hammer down and say, we are going to be a winning club and look after our talent and keep everyone here, he would be the one guy everyone would be hoping would re-sign and he hasn't. So Claremont, that's another difficult one to digest for their fans. They were really disappointed as well. But I still think it's a bit of an odd choice of club for him. He was being looked at for a long time, reportedly. It was Toulouse and La Rochelle that were leading the chase. And for rugby reasons, purely, they, for me, clearly are sort of head and shoulders above the rest. And my gut feeling is that Bordeaux have made a ridiculous offer. He also had an offer that he said was essentially five times everyone else's off from Japan mm. that he, he rejected because he just said, look, it wasn't the right time. But I think Bordeaux will have had to stump up a crazy amount of money to get him there. I think Yannick Brew will have played a big part in bringing him as well. He was part of the French setup when Damien first um, first started getting a few caps with the French side. So Yannick will have had an important um, part to play there as well. Uh, allegedly, Radrada is on the way back um, after not having the happiest to spell in the Premiership, a few injuries. Um, so you think about the backline partnership they could form, but I don't know. I just my gut feel is that it was an odd choice, and that if he was going to go for pure rugby reasons and try and win something, it would have been Toulouse or La Rochelle that he would have headed to. But wish him all the best, Bordeaux. As we said before, decent foundations laid by Christophe Urios. Clearly, they've got a decent caliber of player within their ranks, um, and they should be aiming high. So he can only help that. They're splashing the cash, and they'll look a bit different next season, Bordeaux, but they've done well over the festive period as well, haven't they? Well, they absolutely smashed Montpellier. Again, Montpellier, a few key injuries and not looking too settled themselves, but as we know, it's a marathon, it is not a sprint, but I think the manner of that one as well, going there with a fairly heavy, like by no means a second 15 and getting absolutely pumped 40 points to 10, Philippe Saint-André post match reaction not happy at all um, clearly disappointed in quite a few members of his camp saying that he can't travel with them again so that might be the last game they play but it is amazing in such a short period of time Christophe Urios leaving the club just over a month ago and now clearly things are clicking there was just a little bit of something not quite there whether it was morale whether it was something a template that they were playing but the coaches there haven't changed the templates haven't changed or shifted much a bit more player empowerment a bit more player power confidence comes back and that's an absolutely massive statement win against the the champions of the league. We'll get a guest in a minute, but one of the massive recent success stories in the top 14, as we mentioned at the start, your old club by on, Johnny. Five wins and a draw in their last seven games for a newly promoted side. I don't think anyone really saw that coming. So where has it come from? How have they done it? I don't think anybody saw that coming. I think everybody saw a scrap for Le Mantien maintaining themselves in the top 14 but now, really, the past couple of weekends, they bobbed up between fourth and fifth. Like, realistically now, if they continue, they've already played all the big dogs at home. If they continue to win their home games, there's a realistic chance that they qualify for the top six and they make European rugby, which would be absolutely insane for a club coming from Pro Deux with the budget that they have, which isn't enormous. And I think the one X factor, well, there's been two, two parts to it for me. Greg Patat, who came from La Rochelle, worked there with Patrice Colazzo when he was announced as head coach. Everybody said who. They had no idea. They didn't know what to expect. But what you see on field in terms of organization, both sides of the ball, determination, a difficulty to break down. So I would say he's the first factor in how they're set up to play. The second element has been Cami Lopez. It's been a long time that Bayon have had a 10 that took the game by the scruff of the neck, dominated things. He's knocked over more drop goals than I think I've ever seen a 10 knock over at this stage of the season the guy's been absolutely ridiculous but the way he controls that side you know a team that operates with a decent scrum that absolutely dominated Toulon on the weekend made them look like like a national or like, a, like a, an under 18 side they absolutely smashed into bits their line out operates at a decent level they retain possession they're combative on a gain line but what he does is bring a bit of vision he brings cheap points he brings drop goals he brings cross field kicks to wingers things that not necessarily every other 10 brings because he lifts up his head and has a wonderful vision to his game so like two elements from me and our guest will tell us more. Um, but Greg Patat coming in, what a job he's done in his first role as a head coach. He's been absolutely exceptional. And Cami Lopez, a resurgence, coming back to where he grew up. He grew up just down the road, um, coming back to his home club, finishing hopefully on a high. But he has been absolutely phenomenal for the club in the first half of the season. 
Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready get 30, ready get 20, 20, 20, ready get 20, 20, ready get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Let's get the inside track now then, and we can have a chat with one of the driving forces behind Bayon's rise up the top 14 table in recent weeks. South African back rower, Vizaya Kasim joins us. How you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Thank you. Uh, thanks for having me on the podcast. We mentioned the rise at the table. You must be feeling good. Five wins and a draw in the last seven games for a newly promoted side. Doesn't get much better than that, does it? Yeah, obviously, <laughs> it's it's kind of a, a fairy tale season for, for Bayonne, you know what I mean? And it's not often where a team comes up from Florida and uh, the that's so great in the um, top 14. I think Johnny can be testament to that. And um, I think it's due to our, our structures and the team that we've built this season. It's a lot of new faces, a lot of new new coaches, new project, you know. And um, I think it's that one thing of everybody's buying in and um, everybody's believing in one thing in the project. And yeah, it's slowly but surely uh, it's paying off. I mean, in terms of a place to live, it's absolutely phenomenal. I'm about six minutes up the road from your house, so I know exactly where you are. But coming from Lareffley, coming from South African rugby, you've almost become the shushu of the club, and not as expression, but one of the most loved players at Bayonne. The number eight shirt has become your own. At the end of every game, we see you dancing with the fans. They absolutely love dancing back with you. Just how much are you enjoying your rugby in this part of the world? No, I think, you know, it's due to as you grow older, you know, as time goes by, you realize that you can come to a point where you realize that you put so much emphasis on 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 playing this perfect game and not setting a foot wrong, you know, that you forget about the the, the external forces of the game, you know, what drives you to, to 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 play and perform every week, you know. There's you've got the internal stuff and then there's the external stuff, you know. It just clicks one day and you just think to yourself, but listen, there's a lot of people outside, you know, that um come rain, sunshine, snow. Um, buy the tickets, come to the stands, sit in the cold weather, hot weather, summer, enjoying a pint or whatever they're drinking. And um, they just want to enjoy a game and see good rugby being played, you know. And the boys enjoying um, um, the rugby on the pitch. And um, when you realize that and, and think to yourself that they could have just sat, sat at home, you know, warm, telly, warm cup of tea, tea or coffee, whatever they want to drink, you know, and enjoy the game like that comfortably. And um, obviously then COVID hit. And then you, re- you actually do realize how much they mean to any team around the world. And um, yeah, since then, I said, no, I'm just going to enjoy on and off, you know. Obviously, being on field, you, I know what to do. And off it, I just enjoy every aspect of the game. That's why you see me always, always having a smile off the game, having a chat, having a laugh. Great to see the feel-good factor, Johnny, because you obviously played for the club and it hasn't always been that way in recent years, has it? It's weird, mate, because... As a fan base, like for instance, the first time I played against Bayonne, I knew I wanted to play for Bayonne. 
So my first game was, again, I came over with Montpellier and I played there and the first Peña Bayona, which is the hymn that they sing before the game and you're not allowed to kick off the game until it starts. And I thought, holy shit, what is this? I want to be part of it. It's a beautiful part of the world, but the passion that the fans bring, I don't think I've experienced anything like it anywhere else in the world. I think you touched on it right there, on the, on the, on the head there, right the nail on the head there, with a the passion, you know. Once you experience it and you stand in the end of the tunnel and you hear it, I, I swear to you, every single game, I can't get over it. I can't get over it. It's, it's amazing. It's, it's obviously the driving force behind the team. And, what, and when you see what, what it actually means to the fan base and the, the, the supporters, the 15, 23 players, what they mean to the supporters, you know, you need to give back. You just feel obligated to give back. No, it's a, it's a massive external drive and it is incredible. And that was even when, so when I was at the club, it was sort of a yo-yo period where we got promoted. I came, we got relegated, we battled in Prodi Deux, but they were there every single week, 16,000 people sold out stadium, singing and shouting and trying to push that team back into the top 14. And I can only imagine now what that must be like with a team that so far is successful, producing a quality of rugby is a joy to follow and makes all these people happy. It must be exponentially better than when I was at the club. That must be the feeling that you guys have as a squad now because it looks amazing. Yeah, it's like you can't put in, actually put into words like what it does to the team. Every single game, when you hear it, when you're during, during the game, during the matches, you can hear them. They're close to you, they're next to you, you know, they're behind you. They're just driving you to to do that extra little, little bit more for the team, you know, where it's turnover or, you know, just getting out of getting us out of the shit. It's incredible. Another guy, speaking of getting you out of the shit, like something I speak to Torsten van Jarlsvet fairly frequently. We played together at Bayonne and he talked about the importance of Cami Lopez, him arriving as well, his ability to drive you around the field and have a first, first, you know, the first quality 10 Bayonne have had in maybe a decade. Just how big a difference has he made since his arrival? I think you can see it in his play, you know what I mean? And um, I think that's, like you said, that's what, what Bayon was, was lacking, you know what I mean? A quality experience number 10 that you can drive the team. And then you got the, the, the leaders around him, just touching on, 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 on the new coaches and stuff. Obviously, when, when, when uh, Gregory Patat took over, still a bit inexperienced um, um, being, the, being head, his first, first um, head uh, job. You've got the leaders in the group, you know. There's, obviously, there's going to be uncertain, uncertainty around amongst players. Like, you've called us in. Spoke to us and his ambitions and, and vision for the club, you know. And we all bought in, like I said in the beginning, we all bought in. And that's like you've got your leading your, your leaders that's just driving those messages through to the to the um, filters down to the younger players, you know. And um on on Camille, um he's just been incredibly amazing this year, you know, driving us around the park. That's what that's that's what he said. We lacked a good quality experience number 10. And I think he's was just that missing piece to the puzzle. And how has Gregory Patat managed to get you all on board? Because we hear a lot about coaches and and how they coach nowadays. And and a lot of it is sort of empowering the players and sort of player-led environments. So does he kind of delegate quite a lot? And does he give you quite a lot of power as players? Yeah, I think he found the right balance, you know, between dictating and delegating. I think he found the right great balance because it's not, he, he delegates a lot, but he forces a lot of, of stuff also. So there's, I think there's a good, good, good um, balance at the moment. And um, yeah, he's doing great. Um, there's a great vibe um, in, the, in the camp. Um, every, like I said, everybody bought in. Everybody, not by now, everybody knows the structures and what to do, when to do. Yeah, we just follow follow the, the, the plan that's set up for us for the week. Another guy that's just joined you is Marlon Yard, who was absolutely insane in the premiership. Um, he's in on a deal until the end of the season. So how's he settling in? Has he done his initiations yet? Have you shaved his head? Not yet. Hopefully we'll, we'll, we'll get a chance to do that. Um, I'm all for it. I'm, I told him I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm all up for it. I'll probably be the first one in there. You know? But I know Marlon's, Marlon's been sitting in. Yeah, we've, we've taken on him under our wing, you know, showing the ropes and stuff. But he's experienced enough, you know, to know what to do and how to do and how to go about his job. You know what I mean? Yeah, so we're just excited to see him to see him get on the park and, and do his do his thing. Played against him uh, in Klonechlin, you know. They gave us a hiding, so I know exactly what he can do and what what he can do, you know. So it's just about getting him onto the pitch and let him do his thing. And speaking of wingers, Johnny, there's a guy there you played with. He's doing pretty well nowadays, isn't there? Labage, 
Rémi Baget, who, when he first arrived, I remember he had the nickname Le Espion, which means the spy. They were like, there's there's no way this guy's come and signed to play. He, he was basically built like this. He weighed about 50 <laughs> kilos and he ran like a chicken. He was almost like the Johnny May of Fred. We were like, there's no way. Um, but he has been incredible. So he's recently been involved in the French national squad as well um, from Prodidou, which must have been a very proud moment for the Bayonne players and for supporters. But how's Remy getting on? Because he's another one that seems time and time again, he's got a knack for scoring tries, almost like a Chris Ashton. Yeah. Um, an incredible speed uh, reading of the game. He doesn't look like a rugby player, but he just manages to get involved and finish things. Absolutely right. <laughs> He's one of those players you, you just leave him. You know what I mean? You don't give, you don't put him under under blanket. You don't tell him what to do. You just um, go out there, give him the confidence. That's the thing, give him the confidence. You know, to play. And like you said, he can turn any shit ball into. It's the next thing you see, he's scoring a try out of nothing. So um, he's at one of the um, what do you call them? Unorthodox players. You actually don't know what he's going to do, but he does something. And um, you just let him be. And we're talking quite a bit about recruitment here. It's quite difficult to ask you about this, is there? So I might ask Johnny. There was a year gap, but essentially he's filled your boots, hasn't he, Johnny? He's done more than fill them, mate. Um, I got them <laughs> back into the top 14. He's now winning games in the top six in the top 14. So he's done more than a decent job of filling my Evolution. Boots. Um, there you go. Evolution. <laughs> Evolution. <laughs> the game doesn't stand still for anybody. When I was there, it was it was me and, and uh, Peter Jan Poff van Lil, a Namibian number eight as well, eighth man who was incredible. Like So to share game time with him was exceptional. But that it just shows how quickly the game moves on. The squads change so quickly. Now I look at the, the makeup of the squad. There's maybe a fifth of the guys left if I played with and I left the club in 2020. So it just doesn't stand still. But no, the job this guy is doing now compared to how we were running around like headless chickens two, three seasons ago. <laughs> um, I can say that genuinely because I genuinely love watching Bayonne play now. Like when I was there, it was a stress because we weren't as good as we should have been and I felt like we were letting people down and I took on massive pressure. I was captain of the club in 2018 as well for a season. Um, but now genuinely even with a slightly lesser budget than everyone else, it is ridiculous, the product that you put out and the job you do week in, week out. So it's been a joy to follow so far this season. Yeah, I think um, there's not one game this season, <laughs> at least uh, at least me, myself, and I don't know about the other boys, but there's not one game this season where I felt like we were under pressure, even when we were down. I felt like we could have won most of our away games as well. We were in front by the 60th minute or 50th minute, 60th minute. We just couldn't, couldn't pull it through. And just down to our own dis discipline. And that's the testament to, to what we're putting in through the week, you know, and, and, and the coaches and what they're giving us and, um, and what they're trying to get over. And the believe in the squad, like I said in the beginning, like we don't feel under pressure. Even when we played Toulon last week, 13-0 down, you know. We feel, never felt under pressure. You've got the, 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 the crowd behind us, you know. And we know for a fact, um, we believe in our, our attacking game. We believe in our defense, you know. We know we can get ourselves out of shit somehow or another, whether it's uh, a defensive line-out that needs to be, 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 be um, um, taken care of, you know what I mean? Make a, a steal there or something, or a turnover where there's defense, you know what I mean? Yes, like I said, the structure's in place, the system is in place, everybody's following the system. Yeah, we do fuck up sometimes, you know what I mean? But um, at least um, we're pulling it through. Johnny mentioned there. Things move on very quickly. If you keep winning games like this, there'll be a statue of you outside the ground. You'll be winning the top 14 at the end of the season, <laughs> but we won't go there just yet. No. I want to know, to make Johnny feel better, because, you know, we all feel old nowadays. You've got a few years left in you, a good few years left in you playing yet. Are there still any photos of that Predator winning side around? Is there the photo of Johnny's face when he was skipper at the club or not? <laughs> no, it is there. That is there. It is in, I think it's, yes. in the, it's in the museum. It's in the toilet. <laughs> it's in the toilet. That's where it is. <laughs> uh, no, no, no. It's, it's been good. No, honestly, um, yeah, we we we're just loving it. I think the thing is that the, the the big thing is we've got the leaders in the right position with the experience, you know, in the right positions to 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 marshal the other troops around us. And one thing on that, um, I said at the beginning, I had an interview at the beginning of the season. Nobody gave Cast a chance last year. Nobody, and they ended up in the final. I'm gonna leave it there. Let's go for it. It's bold. I like it. And that's the thing, Johnny, like most people for a promoted side, I was going to ask you is there at the start of the season, most promoted sides from Prodida 
would say we just want to stay in the top 14. Oh. For you guys, did you sit there at the start of the season? You mentioned you feel like you've been in, in every game. You've had chances to win every game, even when it's away. Did you sit there and think, no, we're not just there to stay up. We think we can do something. Straight up from the back of it. I think my first interview coming back in the off-season, I said it. Nobody gave Cast a chance last year. Um, I'm here to win games. I, <laughs> I want to play the players. I want to win this thing. Cast did last year. Why can't we do it? And um, yeah, so far, so good. Why not, Johnny? Well, I think what makes it even more impressive is the budget, the the, the mass salarial, as it's known over here, or like yeah. the salary cap. That That's what makes it even more impressive is that Cast probably have 50% more wage bill than you do. Stade Francais have 70% more than you. Yeah. Like clubs have double your wage packets. That That's what amazes me is that the caliber of player might not be the superstar that you're playing against when you play against Toulon, but you still manage to cuff them at the weekend and come back from 13 points down, which you, which you mentioned, which makes it more incredible. That's why I enjoy the story more is that it's not just about player power and rock stars and, and finding the biggest talent you can and aligning them. It's about how do you come together as a team? How do you prepare properly? How do you play to your strengths? How do you believe in yourselves? Deal with those pressure moments. And realistically, if you look through your roster, you would say half of it could be pro de deux caliber. The other half is top 14 caliber. But for whatever reason, your coaching staff and the key members of your leadership groups that you just mentioned are driving standards and dragging everything up. And what you get on field as a product is way above what you would normally accept for that level of budget in the top 14. And that's why I love watching it even more because there's that underdog mentality that I have as a former member of the club, but a real drive that each game that you go and you play against a cast, you play against a Toulon or a Racing, you turn them over. And that's why it's been even more special for all the fans. You haven't lost at home. So you've had all the big dogs already. You've had to lose. You've had to lose. You've had Bordeaux. You've had Racing. All these teams, Toulon at the weekend, have come and they've lost at Jean Dorger against a team that has 50% of the wage capacity of the other sides. And that's why it's been even more special. I think that's why you're more loved than most other clubs in the top 14 because you have this special, ridiculous hymn at the start of games, which everybody loves, because you have a passionate support base that pushes you through every single game, because we have that me underdog mentality. And yeah, it's just been really special so far. And I really hope, as you mentioned, that it does continue because what a story it would be. You have a chip in a chair, you're in the top six right now, but what a story it would be to go on and win a top 14 after coming from Pro Deux. It would be absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, that would be absolutely ridiculous. It would be phenomenal as well at the same time, you know. And like I said, I think I didn't like the way you say. I know, like the underdog, you know. I don't, I don't like the underdog because um, we go out every weekend to win games, not because nobody thinks we we're gonna lose them or can't. We go out because we believe we can win them, we win them games. And you've got the, like you said. The, the fighting spirit in the team. We fight for each other. We believe in each other. We believe in the, in the structures and the systems that the, the coaches um, put out for us, you know? So the underdog, I don't... It doesn't sit right with me. I will say from... As an outsider's perspective, externally, you yeah. would have been seen as underdogs at the start of the season. Now I don't think anybody sees you as yeah. underdogs. Yeah, I like, I like that better. I take it <laughs> we back. We can agree I on take that. it back. <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting, though, because we are hearing you both, you've experienced it firsthand, the stadium, the fans. Oh, mate. That is an X factor. It's an intangible that other clubs, even though there are some amazing stadiums in, in France, there are some brilliant home support. It, it seems like Bayonne is different. For you, is a, coming from South Africa where... Rugby is like a religion. Wales, it's the national sport in, in, in Clonethley. Can you put your finger on how it's different? Is it the fact that it's a small place and and everything is is sort of focused around the, the rugby team? That's I think that's, that's the thing. Everything's focused around the rugby team. I think I've, I've played in a lot of, lot of places, you know, a lot of stadiums and nothing, even Cardiff, Principality Stadium, I don't think comes, 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 comes near it. Probably second, second to it. Yeah, it's it's on, on the same, but um, it's it's phenomenal. Like they there, and and this thing, the thing about it, right? You you see the the, the fans and the the support base cheering you on, singing the hymn, the pena Bayona, and you get a feel of what this means to them, what this team means to them, and you go out and you need to you need to deliver. They are so so passionate. Even obviously, Johnny can 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 testament to this. Um, when you walk in the streets and you know people just approaching you from nowhere and 
cheering you on and you know giving you good luck for the weekend loads loads of them loads of them everywhere you walk that's just testament to, to 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 what it means to 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 the to the town and the the support base like we've got i think we've going for i think brief is going to be our seventh sold out stadium they build a new tribune as well um so it's just that cheering just echoes in you know and you can hear literally everything and um yeah we see all the the young young boys cheering on and screaming their lungs out it's it's amazing it's amazing is there an added benefit to this we've spoken about what they're like on a match day what the stadium's like you spoke there about you bump into fans in the in the street they approach you do you have to buy a beer ever in Bayern? Like they really they they want they just want to be take me to the pubs and stuff i don't do this stuff <laughs> because I, I'm, I'm muslim so i'm i don't drink but yeah every time every time every time they see me it's they want to they don't, they don't take me along to the next the nearest pub or something and i was like coke zero i'm fine thank you <laughs> <laughs> Let's go. We can have a chat. We can have a chat about Coke Zero. Doesn't matter what you drink, but if they're buying the drinks, then you go along. Yeah. Mate, how did your move to Bayon come about? Because obviously you'd had a couple of awesome years with the Scarlets and, and previously played in South Africa. But how did that move come around? And how do you decide that you wanted to come over and play your rugby in France? So moving from South Africa to 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 Klenichli, I had the option of coming coming to France. You know, um, option Scarlets or France. Obviously, speaking to a few few of my friends um, that were that specific club, there weren't great um, 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 conversations. So I said, okay, I'm going to go to to Wales. And that's when Scarlet just came off of, I think, two two great years. They were the one that blew 12. Yep. They um, played in the semifinal, final, semifinal of the Champions Cup. So I think, okay, that's going to be moved. That's why I moved to the, the Scarlet's. Enjoyed my time there. Made amazing, amazing, a lot of friends, amazing, amazing people, and um, yeah, uh, Craig is my fifth coach in five years. So I got five. <laughs> just think about that. Five different coaches in five years, right? So I had Wayne Pivot, Bedmore, Glenn Delaney. Obviously, with uh, Wayne was was good. Bread uh, had a phenomenal season, phenomenal season um, underneath Bread. Um, Glenn took over. They said they're not going to resign me. And that's where 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 Yanni came came in. Of course, we we played against the Scarlets tournament against Bayonne in the European the Challenge Cup. He called me and they said that they told me, listen here, he doesn't know yet, but we there's a chance that we we're gonna get um, demoted to put it there. He sees me part of his plan to to because he want to if he gets um, demoted, he wants to be promoted straight um straight away. I will fit him great um fit him perfectly in his plan. Um would I, would I would I consider coming over to France? And obviously, I was like, ah, oh, language barrier. You know what I mean? I said to him, okay, um, yeah, let's do it. I basically said I spoke to to, to Mamzi and uh, and I agreed. Said, listen, let's go on a new adventure. It's going to be something totally different. But let's let's go and experience it. You know, obviously, like you know, you got you got this only one career. It doesn't last long. Just before you know it, it's over. You know what I mean? So why not do it? Um, the kid, the boys are still young, so. I said, okay, let's do it. And um, that's how, how we went about it. And how did you feel when you had that conversation about going to the second tier in France as opposed to the top 14? Because Johnny knows what it's like down there. It can be mm. tough. It's it's obviously, from an, from other countries' perspective around the world, it's yeah. the best second tier there is. So it, it, it's amazing. <laughs> but for you, that's obviously a consideration, right? Yeah, yeah. Obviously, obviously you want to be playing at the top level for the longest time you know, every 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 year. And um, when I when I saw them get uh, demoted when they came down down to the Prodida, um I had a chat with 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 Mumsy and I said um, and I told them, listen, maybe maybe this is needed for me. This maybe maybe this is needed. Maybe I need to go. I like I've just felt in my heart I needed I needed to do it. I don't know why I didn't. I felt I needed to do it. I felt I needed to be a part of it. Um, and as you explained the, the, the area and the history and um, of the town, the club, you know what I mean? I just felt in my heart, this is going to be the right thing to do, trying to get them back, back up. Um, and then for the body as well, you know, for the body as well, just a little bit of a, a little bit of a breathing space and then we can crack on about it again. And um, yeah, it worked out perfectly. And we were chatting earlier about Saya Khaleesi moving to Racing. You've played with him. So what makes him so special? And what's he like as leader behind the scenes? To put into words, when you if you meet Sia and if you, you speak to him, he's the most down-to-earth guy 
out there. He's done doesn't count himself as a top dog, none whatsoever. But his actions on the field speaks volumes. And there was a there was a there was a, a period like we all go through the periods where a slight dip in form. But the way he carries himself, he speaks when he needs to speak, and he speaks the right and he says the right thing at the right time, you know. And everybody listens because it's the truth. And off the field, the um, players respect him. And how do you think he'll fit into the top fourteen? The rugby, the style that's played over here. Do you think he'll fit in straight away? I honestly think he'll he'll, he'll fit in straight away. I think he's he's just that, that type of person that um looking at his background, you know what I mean, and where he comes from, and his whole storyline. He's got that adaptable mentality, and he knows how to adapt and how to blend in. So I think he's going to do great. And one of the most interesting bits of Sia's statement when he was talking about the decision to move to Racing was that he wants to spend more time with his family. So you're there, you're in France. Will he get that? And do you think it's a bit of an issue at the moment with South African teams in the URC and then obviously lots of international rugby as well? For for those Springboks, they are away a lot, aren't they? Yeah, they are a lot of... Probably seven, six, seven, seven, eight months of the year from the families. You know what I mean? They away a lot, especially when you're in Africa. But here, the only support system is your family. Then you play your away games, you come back, you're at home. You know, there's nobody wants you to, to put your, your your left arm to the north or your right leg to the south. You know, nobody wants a piece of you. So definitely he's going to spend more time with his family yeah and from having made that move i know you went to wales in between but moving from south africa you're now in france if you had one bit of advice to give to see on moving to france what would it be <laughs> enjoy it no that's just the thing um that's my first thing that's the thing that i said as well i'm just i'm just enjoying it you know i'm adaptable i'm not obviously you've got that language barrier right but if you look into it too much, you're not you're not gonna make it an enjoyable time for yourself. You know what I mean? I think we as a human human race, we know how to communicate, you know, without using language. That's it's been, it's been shown since the beginning of time. So just enjoy it. Honestly, just enjoy it. It's a it's a great place to be. It's it's um it's a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful country, lots to see. Yeah, enjoy it. I think that's the thing, isn't it, Johnny? I mean I'm sure he will, but it's about embracing it. When we speak to people who've moved to France and made a success of it, it's about fully embracing it, not expecting everything to be the same. You might not get things delivered the next day, as we find out. There might be a bit of a delay in various <laughs> yeah. oh, things. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's embrace it. The first, that's the first thing, like, obviously, my mum's <laughs> mom's got frustrated with, 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 with the admin and administration part of things, this side, right? Um, because obviously, she wants things, you know, why she they wants things done like this. I'm just floating about, you know enjoying it sightseeing and you know love i'm listening to the people talking you know and um yeah i just i just enjoy it there you go relax here that's the advice yeah mate I, I couldn't agree more. That is exactly my mantra. My wife goes absolutely ballistic all the time. I think all <laughs> wives are kind of the same. Mate, you left, and obviously you had eight Springbok caps before you came over to Europe. So looking back now, any regrets about not pushing further on with a test career? Or are you delighted with the roles that you've picked up, the clubs that you've been at, the experiences you've had? Would you ever think about moving back to the URC to put yourself back in a Springbok fame? Obviously, is going to be in the same boat and he's going to have to give up potentially his captaincy when he leaves and, and leave that jersey. So how do you think he'll be feeling about that too? No, I'm absolutely delighted where I am now, especially if you look look, look at, at if you know my story and where kind of how I came about um, um, the professional game, you know, I'm absolutely delighted. I'm, 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 I'm grateful for, for what I've achieved up until this far, you know. Yeah, I've got absolutely no regrets. Um, I became a Springbok um you know, late after I think a year or two in the Super Rugby, you know, I was 27, 27 26, 26, I think, when I made my my debut, and um, I really enjoyed, I enjoyed the experience, every single bit of the experience, you know, and um, I was 28 when I left. It wasn't hard. It, it really wasn't hard, you know. Um, I've achieved what I had, I wanted to achieve within within um, South African rugby, and I was just ready for a new adventure and. Um, I love every bit of it in, in Wales, yeah. And uh, coming to France, obviously, I love I love every bit of it as well. And you're obviously loving life in Bayern at the moment. It's tricky to say, I'm sure, because you'd need to see what offers are on the table. But with your next contract, do you think you would look at going back to South Africa to finish your career there? Would you 
fancy, I don't know, taking in Japan or the Premiership, or is it just about what offers are on the table at the time? Or do you want to stay in France? No, I want, I want, I want to finish. I would love to finish with with, with Bayonne. Leave it in a great place. Hopefully, you know, in the next coming years, either win the championship or the pushing hard for it. So that's 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 my 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 vision, my goal for the next few years. I don't want to leave before that, before I reach that goal. Fingers crossed they'll be listening. There'll be a little contract extension in the uh in the post box over the next few weeks. <laughs> Thanks so much for coming on. It's great to hear your passion for the area and the confidence as well. So good luck for the rest of the season and why not? See you in the playoffs. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, hopefully we can see which will be a different podcast at the end of the season. Oh, it'll be a great one. There you go. We'll have you back on with a with a, <laughs> a Coke Zero and a beer somewhere in yes. a bar in Bayonne. We'd love it. We'd love it. Cheers, Imagine. Uh, Thanks a lot for joining us, mate. Thank you. There we go, Johnny. I think he's, apart from you, obviously, the first Bayonne player we've had on, isn't he? And um, I mean, confident confident but then with foundation it would be you know misplaced confidence if they weren't playing well and weren't working their way through their games but they are uh, and that's why they've been so enjoyable to watch like, i love listening to them talk about the atmosphere as well at the stadium something that i absolutely miss i love taking my son down to watch games because it, it's weird the other club will remain nameless but i went to another game back when i was in the uk and and just the sort of difference in atmosphere it's just it's like watching a completely different sport just the volume the chants the carnival the bands the way the sort of crowd interaction almost works over here in France. Um, and that's why Bayonne are almost, they're sort of widely known as everyone's second favourite team. So if you're not a Bayonne supporter, everybody sort of punches for Bayonne because they have this amazing atmosphere, game day environment, and a great part of the world, which it is. That's why I decided to stay. But yeah, great to see how it's evolving. There's a couple of key men that we mentioned, Cami Lopez, Greg Patat, obviously taking things by the scruff of the neck and really driving the standards of the club from the performance element. And that's been superb to see. Um, again, it'll be a difficult game for them this weekend. We didn't really get into the sort of the depths of the squad, but I'd say the only difficulty for them is going to be when they pick up injuries. If they pick up one, two, three injuries, we talked about the depth that isn't really there. They, they look to youth, it becomes much more difficult. But for the minute, delighted to see him, how he's playing, delighted to see the squad, how they are operating. They're churning out wins. It looks like an amazing game day. It's some environment to be part of. And it's a club that sort of deserves to be at the top table of French rugby, but it hasn't been for 10, 15, 20 years. So uh, just delighted for him. And great to have him on. And that nameless club that you visited aren't on their own, Johnny. There is a, a theme around rugby of kind of atmosphere, fans not going to the stadium, what it's like on match day. But it's hard, isn't it? You can't artificially recreate an atmosphere like Bayonne. It, it's happened over history, hasn't it? And, it, and I know they've done yeah. things right over the years, but you, you can't just do that in X place, really, can you? Well, I mean, it's, there's even thing. there's factors. It's a rugby hotbed. So every single village down here plays rugby. They all have a team. Cami Lopez has come back here because his village was attached to Bayonne. Arthur Aturia is coming back here because his village was attached to the Bayonne. That's the draw these guys have. So the pool for home is phenomenal. Like there's things around the culture and the history, even the stadium. So Bayonne's a town of 35,000 people, not big, but you can throw a stone from the center of the town where all the bars and restaurants are and you can hit the stadium. So you can combine the two and have an outstanding night out and rugby and it's all entertainment and it's there. Historically, they've been a club that has been turning for over a hundred years. They have a history and a song sheet and hymns and things that are sung and woven into the fabric of the club and the culture. Um, and those things are exceptional. So you can't artificially create, you don't want an NFL rugby overnight. It's not what we're looking for. We're not looking for cheerleaders and different stuff and fireworks, but they have a credibility and authenticity that make them so lovable. It was such an enjoyable club to play for because they have that X factor or wow that you don't get in many other rugby clubs. So there's no point trying to replicate it, but even if you could take 5 or 10% of that stardust and sprinkle it on different clubs, it would make the game day environment better. It'd make it more enjoyable. It would bring more people into the gates and would boost coffers ultimately. That's what we're looking for. Um, but it's one hell of a club. It really, really is. And we are in danger of getting carried away. We're talking a lot about Bayern. They're riding a crest of a wave. Mm. Who knows what the rest of the season will will hold you lose one at home all of a sudden and then you're further down the table and and we look a bit daft saying they might make the playoffs but clearly there is a confidence there there's a belief within themselves things are going very well and as you said earlier on 
that X factor, that intangible of the stadium, of the match day, of the atmosphere means that if they do go on to continue to win every home game and pick up the odd point away from home, they might sneak in or, or do more than sneak into the top six. Well, what we've already seen is it's an incredibly hard place to go because of that environment. It's almost a hostility if you're coming in. It's incredibly hard as an away team. They've already knocked over all of the big dogs at home. So they've won their really difficult home games. Now you think if they can just keep everybody that's key fit, they could be there or thereabouts, you know, position six, seven, eight, come the end of the season. And again, it's ifs and buts. You never know. But stranger things have happened. They've picked up the key points in the first half of the season. Now they need to manage everybody, keep everybody fit and keep winning those home games. And if they can go on a serious run in the second half of the season, you never know. I mean, you come up against teams like Toulouse or La Rochelle where the calibre and the quality in a neutral venue or you go to the Stade de France in a final, they could get blown away. But the fact is they're there and it's possible that they could be there or thereabouts come the end of the season because they've had an extraordinary first six months to their year. And we've been talking about teams who have had a, a good festive period or a, a really decent recent spell in a completely different mould to Bayern. Stade Francais have <laughs> had an amazing time of it. They won the Paris Derby 48-10 away at Racing yep. and then beat Poe 37-3 at home, second in the table. And they're doing that, we've mentioned it a few times earlier on in the season, after the situation with Gonzalo Casada leaving at the end of the season. So how yep. surprising is it what they're doing at the moment? It's surprising in that they had a real lull at the start of last season and it wasn't looking too good. But then there are strange things in the professional sporting environment when it comes to pressure, shackles being off, people now saying, well, I'm here for years, so I can say what I want to say, I can be more clear and direct. But Gonzalo has an impeccable reputation in the rugby fraternity over here as a bloke and as a coach, really widely respected. And, and maybe that's it. He said, look, boys, we've got nothing to lose. But they absolutely humiliated Racing. And I mean, that was, that was nearly 50 points in La Defensa Arena. That was absolutely a humiliation for Racing. Um, and they just keep on building. Again, no real superstars in that. I'm not sure if it's a factor either, but it seems like there aren't any massive names in that team. An emphasis on youth, playing with enthusiasm, giving game time. Del Bui, Leo Barre, Etienne on the wing. You've got Para coming is doing a real job from Clermont. Mika Evaldi come up from Lyon. So you've got this real spine of a side, French, young and experienced, but all hungry to go on and do something. And there's something to be said for being, for what in other words, shat on from a great height and being fired and then going out with a point to prove as a squad and really delivering. And that's exactly what they've done. They absolutely smashed Poe, brutalized Racing um, in their derby. And look, they're another one that at the start of the season, I thought wouldn't be at the races, but what they're producing, their form at the minute is spectacular. And you gave them the meter moment of the week earlier on breathe we spoke about how ambitious they are and what they're looking to do moving forwards obviously patrice colazzo has come in just before christmas yeah it's more than just him coming in i'm guessing but how has he had that effect or how have they managed to turn things around so quickly well the actual game plan was handed to their assistants so a lot of responsibility for three four five weeks was with arno mella and the assistants but again i'm not sure if it's just simple tweaking is that they won't dramatically throw everything out um they had a foundation of decent talent and decent players but you know things can change so quickly especially in France and the top 14 when it comes to confidence and you look at Colazzo when he comes in man with a big reputation passion simple game plans and a brace of rugby and you end up winning away to Lyon in a derby I mean absolutely ridiculous the start they've had with him is just phenomenal. Also, you just hope now they go on to be competitive for the rest of the season. They can claw their way back up the table slightly. Um, but you just want to get away from that relegation zone or at least, and this is another factor that a lot of teams don't really go for. If you're going to finish the season, but you're going to finish 13th and you're going to face that relegation game to go down to Porto, you want to finish playing well and in confidence. And that's the difference. I think Jeremy Davison was removed because they looked forlorn, they looked downbeat, they'd almost down tools. Whereas now, if you have a resurgence with Patrice Colazzo, even if you finish 13th, but you're playing good rugby, you're winning games, and you're full of confidence, it makes that accession match, as it's known over here, uh, much more palatable. So you think that you've got to keep on working, keep building, try and nick over a few big wins, and you never know, maybe get out of that 13th spot uh, and out of the red zone.
Thanks, Johnny. A big thanks to Isaiah Kasim for joining us and filling us in on all things Bion as well. Thanks to all you guys for listening. Make sure you hit subscribe, leave us a nice review if you can, check us out on Rugby Pass and on YouTube, and we'll be back with another episode next week. Au revoir, Johnny. Cheers, Tim. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code Program.